Hey, Yak Quarantine Podcast number 27. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, sorry I missed last Friday. Corey had a doctor's appointment um, with the baby. It was a long one. Um, so I was home with the kids um, and so could not get to the podcast that morning. So I apologize for that. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Everything's good with the baby um, for those of you that are, um, have asked. Um, we are in the mirror. So it's Monday. We're looking at the opposite passage that was preached on Sunday. We're going to be in Isaiah 53. Um, So there's two ways, two questions we need to ask when we do a Bible study. The first one is, uh, and it's unfortunately missed by a lot. We just jumped to the second one. We want to know the second one. First one is, what was the original author's intent to his original audience? If we don't know what Isaiah was saying to um, the Old Testament people, we can miss the really crux of the second question. So you have to ask that. The second question is, what is Isaiah saying to us, of course, right? Um, we believe that the scripture was inspired and written down in such a way to communicate um, the covenants that God has given to his people over the course of history so we can best understand him. And also it speaks to us, not only corporately, but individually. Um, But individually, in light of the corporate nature, we live in America, so we think um, it is all about me, and we miss the corporate nature of the blessings, the covenant, and the community of God quite quickly. Um, So we need to be reminded of that. Um, one of the resources, I'll put it in the description here, that I would highly recommend is something called the Bible Project. So go to YouTube, type in Bible Project, Book of Isaiah. If I remember correctly, I think it's a two-parter, because Isaiah is a long book. But it does a beautiful job of laying out what Isaiah, what the Book of Isaiah is saying. And the Book of Isaiah is beautiful. Let me try to sum it up a little bit for you. The Book of Isaiah is kind of broken up into two parts. First part is 1 through 39. And the second part is 40 on, right? And the first part of Isaiah, he's contrasting um, judgment to Israel because there's abuse of power that's being played out. They are partnering with nations who have no desire um, to seek the glory of God. Their kings are in sin and the people are likewise in sin. So Isaiah is saying God is going to chop down the tree, right? Um, and he's going to use the other nations to essentially enslave them, carry them out, and punish them to remind the people to cling to their God. And he's going to use that by bringing the nations of Assyria and Babylon. An easy way to remember which one came first, it's alphabetical, yay God, right? So Assyria comes first, and then Babylon comes to finish off um, the nation of Israel and Judah and remove them into captivity. Um, But he contrasts that with the hope that um, is to come. He's saying, yes, you are going to be punished for your sin, but know that this is going to be you. So suffering is going to be used by God to point you to the hope that is to come. I will bring someone to sit on the throne of David, the covenant of David. I will bring someone who will fulfill the law, the covenant he made with Moses. I will bring blessings to the nations, the promises that I made to Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant. All those things will be played out in the person of the Messiah in years to come. 
So while you, yes, are going to suffer for your sins, there is great hope in the future. And then 40 seems to be um, what I take to be um, Isaiah's um, kind of group after he has passed, after um, uh, the Jews have been taken out of Israel. And they're saying, yes, you're free to return, but know that um, we have our eyes focused on the Messiah and what he will do. He will come and he will reign. And we see how he reigns in chapter 53. And it is in an unexpected way. Right? Think about it. The Jews at the time of Jesus assumed that the Messiah was going to come and throw out the Romans. It's why Judas was so frustrated with Jesus, right? He said, hey, I thought this guy was going to take over shop, right? And he keeps talking about him dying. He keeps talking about him being the sacrifice. Well, that's because Jesus understood the Old Testament scriptures. And we see this here in Isaiah 53. We're going to read 1 through 6. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to do a little bit different. I'm going to read, but I'm going to kind of comment as we go to. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. He's talking about the Messiah here. And no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by who? Men. We just saw that at Easter, right? A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Again, we see that at Good Friday. And as for one whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Remember, he died the most painful, torturous, and gruesome death that the first century could come up with. And you could argue that anyone's come up with. Look at the history of crucifixion. It is brutal, right? But that wasn't the basic source of the pain put upon the Messiah. A lot of times we miss this. We think that, okay, it is, it is the crucifixion that is um, the wrath of God that is revealed upon Jesus. No, the wrath of God is poured out upon Jesus for our sins. And that is, that is the pain that he endured. That is the wrath that he endured. And we see it here. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Jesus met us in our sorrows and our griefs, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by who? Notice before, right? He was despised and rejected by men. So we would assume that he would be stricken and smitten by men, but it's not here. He is stricken and smitten by God and afflicted by God. See, this was all part of God's plan from the beginning. And we're going to see how it's played out here as, as we continue. And he was pierced for our transgressions. Again, kind of a direct reference to crucifixion. At the time of Isaiah, crucifixion wasn't even thought up yet. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, Jesus, was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we were healed. We talked about nothing but the blood of Jesus a couple of weeks ago in Bible study. And this is how it's played out, y'all. The blood of Jesus washes us clean and we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. Um, shepherd talk, uh, us viewed as sheep, is, is used a lot in prophecy in the Old Testament, and Jesus uses it too. And we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on who? Him. The iniquity of us all. Isaiah is telling the people, hope is coming, a Messiah is coming, and he's telling you hope has come, and a Messiah has come, and he has made you right with the Father, O sheep. He has made you clean, O sheep. He has drawn you to himself, O sheep, at great cost to himself. But why would he do that? Why would a God at great cost to himself seek after a bride who has whored themselves out to the nations? Children, he loves you. How crazy is that? He loves you that much. Be reminded of the love the Messiah has for his children today as you go about today and respond to that love with love for others, with love for your community. Look for ways to use your time well. Love you guys. Hey, you know, as I talk to you all, one of the things that keeps coming up is you don't feel like you're using your time well. And one of the things I would challenge you on is you got to get on a schedule. If you want to use your time well, you got to have a plan. And I know it's like, this is weird times, right? You don't have a set rhythm, but you have to plan out your day. So if you're struggling with, I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time, have a game plan. Have a game plan. Literally write out your schedule. If you feel like you're lost in translation in this midst of quarantine, write out your schedule. And one of the things you can do is reward yourself in the midst of that schedule. So if you know, man, I am struggling. I keep looking at my phone. I keep looking at Facebook. I keep looking at Snapchat. Put blocks. I'm going to work for 30 minutes. And then I'm going to give myself a five-minute break on Instagram or whatever I need a five-minute break on. And time yourself. we got technology, y'all. I use my timer all the time. I'm going to go for 30. I'm going to go hard for an hour. And then I'm going to take a five-minute breather. And I'm going to get back at it. And use that timer on your phone, your computer, whatever, to help you plan your day well. But write out. Have a game plan for your day. And encourage other people. If you, have, if you need that help, keep, get someone in your house to help you uh, be accountable. Um, and, again, lose your potential reward if you can't do it. Um, but if you need help with that, I'm here for you. Other leaders are here for you. I'm sure your parents are there for you too. Um, but I would encourage you to plan out your day, have a plan set of attack. It'll help you, um, use this quarantine. Well, love you guys. Peace.